Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. It's week three of Fruit of the Spirit. Now this series is a deep dive into the idea of spiritual fruit. The reason we are taking this deep dive is because God gave the word fruitful to us for the year 2021. So here at Akuo Church, we want to be fruitful this year and every year after this. We want to listen to God with this word. We want to love people with the spiritual fruit that is given to us. We want to lead others by empowering them to receive their own spiritual fruit by connecting to God. Then we will link to our community by sharing that spiritual fruit with our city. So in this series, we want to show you practical applications of the spiritual fruit spoken about in Galatians 5. So you need to get a notebook or paper or have your notes app ready for this message. We want this series to be more than just something nice to hear about being connected to God. We want it to be something that inspires you to bear fruit in your life and then share the fruit that God overflows in you with all the people that are around you. So this week, we're bringing in a special guest to talk about the spiritual fruit of peace. We have my friend, Pastor Lee Wong from City Tribe Church joining us. Now, Lee is the pastor of ministries at the church. And like I said, Lee's a very good friend of mine. And he's one of the people that I turn to when I need someone to pastor me. Not only that, he's a great theologian and preacher. I regularly look at his ability to command his knowledge of God's word. And I'll say, when I grow up, I want to preach like Lee Wong. So I hope you get some good stuff from this message today. Now, without further ado, here's Pastor Lee Wong. Well, I find it a bit fitting. I get to teach on peace in this series. And actually, I'm thrilled I get to do so because I have an intimate familiarity with the path to experiencing peace. Over a decade or so ago, I was plagued with what's often characterized as depression and anxiety. There were days I literally could not get out of bed, so I'd call out of work and I would use up my sick leave and then I would pull the covers over my head and I'd curl up with a visceral sickness in the pit of my stomach with thoughts and feelings of worthlessness. Now, I don't believe I was ever suicidal. I never made any suicide attempts, but I do remember thinking, man, I cannot go on living like this. I don't want to go on living like this. I'm miserable. And so, at that time, on my best days, I merely went through the motions of a mundane life. And medically speaking, because of the physiological impact of depression and anxiety on my body, I was adrenally depleted. A doctor has told me, I know you said you felt bad, but seeing your test, wow, I didn't realize how bad it really was. Now, obviously, I've made significant progress in the decade or so, and here we are, a decade later, but here's my concern. What I experienced then, I feel many of you are on the cusp of experiencing right now, or many of you are already there. We're going on a year of being in a pandemic and life as we've known it has changed dramatically. Many grandparents and grandchildren haven't been able to connect. Our students are being digitally educated and many report feeling less engaged. They don't wanna to go to school. Zoom has become a household term and employees describe experiencing Zoom fatigue. Then we've been dragged through the political polarization and riots and protests and social unrest all last year all the while not being able to socialize and enjoy sporting events and concerts and movies, things that we've enjoyed. 
We don't have the same mental and emotional outlets for release that we used to. And all of this has taken a mental and emotional toll on me personally. So I can only imagine what it's done for you. I bet for some of you, if you were to receive some of the lab tests that I've received, your doctor too would say, I knew you said it was bad. I knew you said you felt bad, but wow, I didn't realize how bad it really was. You know, we're all, I'm sure you would agree, we're all heavily burdened and desperately in need of mental and emotional relief. And because I've been there, and because I know how miserable it feels, when I see or hear about the pain plaguing your lives, like that Michael Jordan meme that's popular right now, I take it personal. And I want you to be relieved of your mental and emotional burdens and to be able to experience passion and peace once again. Yes, even in the midst of a pandemic, I want you, the whole Akuo community, on a path toward healing that produces peace. And I believe that we can step into and onto that path starting today. And so that's what we're going to explore over the next couple of minutes. But before we do, would you join me in a moment of prayer, inviting God by His Spirit to speak to us? Heavenly Father, we ask that in this time you would just calm our hearts, calm our minds, help us stay centered and focused, drown out any distractions that we might be able to hear from you and learn from your scriptures, whatever it is you want to say to us. So Lord, speak to us. We're listening for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what are we to do? How might you and I move forward in a way that will relieve our mental and emotional burdens and help us produce peace? Well, to answer that question, we turn to Luke's account about Jesus. Luke was sort of a first century historian who thoroughly investigated eyewitnesses' claims about Jesus. He interviewed countless folks who'd themselves been healed or taught by Jesus, or they personally saw his resurrection, him walking around after he had been crucified and buried. And he put their testimonies, Luke put their testimonies in a chronological account for this reason. He said, so that you may know the certainty of things about which you've been instructed. Luke was saying, when nothing else in life is certain, you can at least trust what I've written about Jesus. I've done all the work. I've thoroughly investigated this. And now where we pick up in Luke's account about Jesus, Here's what had been going down. Jesus had been traveling around the Eastern Mediterranean region, unpacking the Jewish scriptures, our Old Testament. And he interpreted them in such a way that it appeared as if he had authored them. He interpreted them with authority. People were so amazed and they were so astonished that everywhere Jesus went, multitudes of people sought him out. What was perhaps most curious about Jesus's teachings was one of his favorite references for himself. And for the oppressed and the suppressed people in that region in that day, that particular reference was a big deal. And it should still be a big deal to you and to me today because of the meaning that this reference carries. Jesus often referred to himself as son of man. Son of man was the title given to the God king promised in the Jewish scriptures, our Old Testament. This son of man was a king so powerful, his kingdom would never be destroyed. The prophet Daniel recorded this about the son of man's power and dominion. He wrote, his kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom 
and all rulers will serve and obey him. And throughout his ministry, Jesus elaborated on what it meant that he was the son of man. He said, the son of man has power on earth, not just in the heavenly realms. And he eventually even said, from now on, from this moment forward, the son of man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. And so Luke was sure to record Jesus was son of man because he wanted you and he wanted me to be certain of this, that your path and my path to peace, it isn't found in following a president or a political party or ideology or any person for that matter, because their power is finite and temporal. But our path toward peace, it starts with the everlasting son of man who's reigning in power right now. We can be certain that Jesus has power to make us mentally and emotionally well on this earth in this lifetime, just like the multitude of folks who sought out Jesus. Luke recorded this about what they experienced. He said, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those tormented by unclean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Anyone watching or listening also want some of that power from Jesus that Luke wrote about? I know I sure do. So somebody right now, shout out loud wherever you are or put in the chat, Jesus has power to produce peace. Jesus has power to produce peace. But that's not all Luke wanted you and me to be certain of and encouraged by. What Luke recorded that Jesus taught next is even more encouraging for us. Jesus communicated a concept that his audience would have been all too familiar with. And to understand that concept, I want you to consider that great theological work, uh, A Charlie Brown Christmas. Y'all remember that very sad Christmas tree burdened by an ornament that was too heavy for its branches? It was all drooped over? Well, imagine taking off that ornament. What would have happened to that tree? That tree likely would have sprang back up, and it would have had the opportunity to be upright and grow healthily and strong. Why? Because the tree was relieved. And the idea of relief enabling growth and wellness is exactly what Jesus conveyed when he said the word blessed. Jesus taught, relieved from your mental and emotional burdens and made well or blessed are you who are poor. He continued, relieved from your mental or emotional burdens and made well or blessed are you who are hungry and who weep now and when people hate you. In other words, Jesus taught no matter your circumstances, whatever happens in the economy, no matter the policies put in place or taken away, even if systems of oppression never change and your voice is suppressed, like a burdening ornament has been removed from the branches of our lives, you and I, we can still experience relief. Luke wanted you and me to believe with certainty that we can still resiliently bounce back upright, grow properly, and produce peace. So the question is, how? How might we begin to be relieved and produce peace? Now here's the kicker. If you're taking notes like Pastor Humby recommended, I want you to write this down. Or if you're following along in your Bible, highlight, underline, or circle this phrase. This next phrase is key to you producing peace and key for me to produce peace. 
Jesus said, you are blessed on this earth, in this life, no matter your circumstances, when you live for the sake of the Son of Man. On the count of three, I want us all together to say this line. For those of you watching, it's going to be on the screen. Those of you who are listening, we're going to say the line for the sake of the Son of Man on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. For the sake of the Son of Man. It is critical and crucial that we get that in order to begin to experience peace. And so, not only is there hope to be made well on this earth, in this life, starting today because Jesus is the Son of Man, Jesus said no matter your circumstances, the way to be relieved of our mental and emotional burdens is to live for His sake. Now, what exactly does it mean to live for the sake of the Son of Man? This idea to live for Jesus' sake, it's rooted in what God wants from and for all of us. God desires to be praised and glorified so all people would trust in his ways and experience life as he intends. He said it this way through the prophet Isaiah. I will delay my anger for the sake of my name, that I would be glorified and I will restrain myself. I will show mercy for your benefit and for my praise. I will act for my own sake, indeed my own, for how can I be defiled? I will not give my glory to another. So, to live for the sake of the Son of Man is to live your life so that God gets praise and glory. That is, living for Jesus' sake is to live such that your every action and your every interaction makes known His mercy. Jesus gave us a practical example of how we live for His sake to make known His mercy. He said, I say to you who listen, love only those who love you. Doesn't say that, does it? Love who? Your enemies. And do what is good to those who praise you. Doesn't say that either. It says, do what is good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You and I, we live for Jesus' sake and we make known his mercy when instead of adding our two cents to our Thea's hate-filled social media posts, we instead tell her something good about who she is. We send her a direct message and we say something positive that we believe God would say about her. You live for Jesus' sake and you make known his mercy when instead of wishing failure or harm or even death upon your ex who's hurt you or your boss who's berated you or an employee who's backstabbed you, you pray that they'd have an encounter with Jesus because after all, that's the only way anyone will ever truly change. And then you and I, we live for Jesus' sake and we make known his mercy when you take to your neighbor whose lawn has been plastered in political signs of the party you oppose and you give them a peace treat without the laxatives. And if you really want to show them some love, you pour in a little feel-good substance, if you know what I'm saying. You know, sugar, the feel-good substance. I don't know what y'all were thinking. Now, according to Jesus... When we do this, when we live for his sake, we will be relieved of our mental and emotional burdens. We will be made well. We're on a path to peace. Not just in a future kingdom to come, but starting today on this earth, in this life, no matter our circumstances. Now check this. 
That's not just according to Jesus. Modern science corroborates this. It corroborates what Luke said that you and I could have certainty in. This is so fascinating. Check this. The scientific journal, Child Psychiatry and Human Development, it reported of studies on the effects of faith on anxiety and depression and substance abuse and suicidality. Bear in mind, these aren't people who just watched a TED talk or who read something on Wikipedia or read an article in the news. These are researchers who live these experiments. And 92% of these researchers said they concluded that living out your faith, it improves mental health. The American Journal of Psychiatry, it published a 10-year study of adult children who were most susceptible to depression because they grew up in households with one or more depressed adults. And they reported that Christians, people who grew up to be Christians or folks who decided to live for the sake of the Son of Man, they had a 76% less chance of suffering depression. The Journal of Aging and Health published an eight-year study of older adults that found being involved in a community that makes Jesus's mercy known, a community like Akuo, it had a protective effect against mood problems. And sadly, the inverse is also true. In a study titled Atheism, Secularity, and Well-Being, sociologist Phil Zuckerman found this, and I've paraphrased his findings this way. A preponderance of studies indicate that secular people, that's folks who don't live for Jesus' sake and whose values are shaped by the world around us, secular people, they don't seem to fare as well when it comes to psychological well-being. Of the top 10 nations with the highest rates of suicide, most are relatively secular. Maybe, maybe this is why Jesus expressed his grief for those who don't live for his sake. He agonized and he groaned, woe to you. So even modern science backs up what Jesus taught 2,000 years ago. And it backs up with what Luke said we can be certain of. We can be certain of this, that if we want to be mentally and emotionally made well, if we want to be blessed, if we want to be on a path that produces peace, you and I have to live for the sake of the Son of Man. Now, I know some of you who think like me, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, Lee, I appreciate all the studies, but it doesn't answer for me how. Like, how does living for the sake of the Son of Man, practically speaking, relieve my mental and emotional burdens and produce peace? Well, Desiree Linden's story captures the practicality of this promise. In 2018, long-distance runner Desiree competed in the Boston Marathon. And early in the race, she felt sluggish and was off to a terrible start. And apparently, according to athletes, I would not know this, but when you're off to a terrible start, it messes up your whole mentality. And so she was unmotivated to continue. And she decided, all right, well, since I was off to a terrible start, I'm fumbling my way through this. Let me just find a place to soon exit and drop out of the race. I have no chance in this anyway. And just moments before she found a suitable stopping point, she saw a fellow runner that was also struggling. She decided, you know what? Let me offer some help. I'm not gonna win this thing anyway. So she said to her struggling fellow runner, hey, if you need anything, whether to block the wind or adjust the pacing, whatever it is, you let me know I am here to help you and to serve you. And surprisingly, that decision 
to run for another person's sake was the neurological and physiological boost her body needed. Shortly after Desiree began to help, she miraculously got back her energy and her motivation and she found her legs again. And she not only stayed in the race, but she became the first American woman in 33 years to win the Boston Marathon. In a post-run interview, she said of that experience, running for another's sake, helping her helped me. And here's my point with Desiree's story. When Desiree started running for the sake of another runner, when she ran with purpose, she ignited her passion. And what Desiree experienced is what Jesus designed you and me to experience when we live for his sake. Here's what I mean. Luke's traveling companion, Paul, taught this, for we are his workmanship. We are intentionally and intricately created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Meaning, whether you were an unplanned pregnancy and have long felt that you were a mistake, if you were given up for adoption or you bounced around the foster care system and you've always felt unwanted, whether you were neglected or abused and made to feel worthless, if you've made epic mistakes and you're uneducated or unemployed and you feel like a complete and utter failure and whether you're seven or 70, your life has purpose. You have purpose. You were intricately and intentionally created for good works. And you don't have to take an assessment or attend a class to discover what your purpose is. Jesus already made it clear. All you and I have to do is simply step into Jesus's invitation to live for his sake. Your role and my role on this earth is to make Jesus's mercy known through every action and interaction. And Jesus was so adamant about our purpose to make known his mercy, he even said, if anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. And if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks of you and from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. You're not living for this world. Make my mercy known to all people. Unite and invite, do not divide so that I get praise and I get glory and so even more people live for my sake. Now think about what this means for you and for me. You and I, we are invited to participate in the son of man's kingdom movement, to listen to God, to love people, to lead by empowering, to link to our community. And it's not some lame, boring kind of work. We have been charged with fun, meaningful work. We get to be mercy givers, peace initiators, hope breathers, fruit bearers, you and I. We have the privilege of helping put all people on a path toward healing and in so doing. As people that we encounter come to know Jesus's mercy the way that we have, we will in effect make this world a more merciful place and bring about peace. It will be a more fruitful world now, I want you to see a visual representation of Jesus's teaching. For you listening only to the audio, I've drawn what I'm calling the produce peace cycle. It's basically a circle with three components. And the first component of this circle, of this cycle, is your purpose. 
And living out your purpose to make Jesus's mercy known, it takes you to the next part of the cycle, what we're calling the pouring out. Like in Desiree's story, when you and I, when we step into our purpose to make mercy known, to serve other people like she did, you'll experience a physiological boost. Jesus designed us so brilliantly, so intricately, that whenever you and I do what we were created to do, good works, whenever we initiate peace by blessing those who curse us and giving mercy by praying for those who mistreat us, we get rewarded with an outpouring of neurotransmitters like norepinephrine and serotonin and dopamine and oxytocin, these neurotransmitters that are associated with movement and motivation and mood. These physiological benefits are partly the pouring out Jesus promised that we would experience when he said, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be what? Poured into your lap. Now, preachers always wanna make this about money and I'm not saying it can't also be about that, but remember, the context of Jesus's entire teaching that we've explored today, it's been about being made mentally and emotionally relieved and how we produce peace on this earth in this life. And Jesus promised that we will experience an outpouring of mental and emotional benefits when you live for his sake. It's how he designed us. And so, given the sense of passion and peace that you felt, you will thus be motivated to again live out your purpose of making his mercy known, of serving people, linking to your community. So the more we do good works, praying for people who have harmed us and giving to folks, the more motivated we will be to get out of bed and make an impact because we will experience the outpouring of those physiological benefits. We will feel a literal sense of peace. And so the entire cycle will continue. That's pretty sweet, right? Well, check this. There's so much more to Jesus's promise and his beautiful design. Here's more of the beauty of Jesus's design. So this produce peace cycle that we've been talking about, it isn't simply a merry-go-round that goes nowhere and it doesn't make any progression whatsoever. Kind of like you're looking top down at the head of a screw or an industrial bolt, you know, something like that. This is really a, just a top down view of what is actually taking place. This image is simply a surface view of what is really happening when you and I live for the sake of the son of man. And so let's change our perspectives from a top down view of this cycle to a sideways view of it. And for you audio listeners, what you see is the more that you live for Jesus' sake, the more that this bolt ends up turning. And the more that it turns, with each turn, the depth of your wellness begins to increase. The more securely fastened to an immovable foundation you become. And thus, you grow mentally and emotionally resilient. You become unshakable to any external factors because you are fastened to a foundation. And... As if we should be surprised. The strengthening effect is also corroborated by science. So the longer that you live out your purpose, there's an even greater outpouring of physiological benefits. According to the National Institute of Health, stepping into your purpose to give mercy is associated with a calming effect on your immune system. 
it has a protective effect on your cognition, your ability to think and your ability to remember. So folks who step into their purpose to do good works, to love people, to link to the community, they are half as likely to develop Alzheimer's. It reduces your risk of stroke. It decreases your risk of heart attack. And men, when you step into your purpose to make Jesus's mercy known, it cuts in half your rate of death from any cause. This is exactly what Jesus promised. He said, I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, who hears my words and acts on them. He is like a man who is building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Or as Pastor Humby has been teaching us, somebody who is rooted deeply into the banks of the river. But when the flood came, the river crashed into that house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. He never lived out his purpose. And so this whole producing peace cycle, it never turned and he never poured out those physiological benefits. He never got to experience the peace. And so the river crashed against him and immediately his house collapsed. And the destruction of that house was great. Y'all think about this. This is how great a God Jesus is. He knows exactly what we need to be made mentally and emotionally well. He knows exactly what we need to produce peace and to be resilient. This is why he invites you and me to live for his sake. It's because it's for our sake. And so, this is how you and I start to produce peace on this earth starting today. It's when we live for the sake of the Son of Man. Now, this is how we have to move forward starting today and for the rest of our lives. And so for the sake of your and my mental and emotional wellness, for the sake of the world's healing, here's what I'm asking you to join me in doing. I want you with me to commit to taking a daily dose of purpose. Mercy is your medicine. Love is the foundation for your fruitfulness. At least once a day, every day, I challenge you to seek opportunities to make Jesus's mercy known. In every action, every interaction, consider how you might demonstrate mercy or love to difficult people. And it doesn't have to be big for it to be purposeful. Even from the smallest gestures, you will be blessed. If there's someone who you just hate being around or seeing on social media, consider just one good thing about that person and give them a compliment this week, especially if they don't deserve it. If there's someone toward whom you've carried bitterness, commit to daily pray for that person's well-being, that they would have an encounter with Jesus. Ask Jesus to help that person know his mercy and that they would step into their purpose so they too experience a pouring out. If tensions have been high at home with your child or your spouse or your roommate, consider one merciful act, one act of love you can do this week for them. Maybe you make the coffee, maybe you make the breakfast, maybe you do the laundry. And instead of the silent treatment or being passive aggressive, perhaps you say, I forgive you or I was wrong. Can we move forward? Maybe you show mercy by committing to stop complaining and stop yelling about 
everything. Stop having to be right about everything. And instead, you start asking questions and you listen. Choose a gentler and more uplifting, more unifying rhetoric. Whatever you're led to do for your own sake, you've got to live for the sake of the Son of Man. Now, will all of you join me in giving it up for Lee? If you're watching live online, throw some excited emojis for him, thumbs up, some of those, dancing lady, which is always a good one. Uh, but seriously, thank you, Lee, for your message today. Akuo Church is incredibly grateful for you spending some time with us. Okay, guys, next week, we are going to continue in our series, Fruit of the Spirit, and Lee will be talking about peace one more time. I can't wait to see what he has lined up for us. So feel free to invite your friends and your family to watch this service along with you next Sunday. Now, we do have a couple of pieces of big news to share with you right now. The first, as some of you might have seen on our social media this week, we are looking to hire the next member of our team here at Akuo. We are looking for our children's ministry director. So if you are ready to make a difference using your skills and your spiritual giftings to serve the children of Akuo and our neighborhood around us, and you wanna bring them into community with Jesus and one another, then we'd love for you to apply. To do that, all you have to do is email me at humbysedveta at akuo.church. Now we are praying that the right people can take their next step in serving Jesus here at Akuo Church. And we wanna invite you to pray along with us in seeing God's kingdom grow. So please be praying for that right person to step up and apply. Now, our second piece of big news that we have is happening on February 28th. That morning at 10 a.m., we will have our next outdoor service at the pavilion across the street from Akuo. Not only that, we feel like we have gotten the okay from God in this. As we have been in prayer, there is a peace about us getting together outside while wearing masks and still distancing. So we will be meeting outside every Sunday from February 28th to April the 4th, which is Easter Sunday. Now, during that time, we will still be providing you a quality online product just in case you aren't ready to join us in person just yet. So you'll still be able to catch us online and through the podcasts. Next, I wanna talk about how we practice generosity here at Akuo. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now we know that when you trust God with your finances, there is a great blessing. Now I'm not saying that because you tithe, you're gonna get like a couple of 80 inch TVs left on your doorstep. That's not how it works. But the way it does work is that anytime you give something over to God in any arena of your life, you experience blessing there. You experience a peace knowing that you are trusting God to take care of you. So what we want you to do is grow closer to God by exercising this very practical discipline. We want you to experience God's peace this week. Now I get it. For some of you, that might not be something that you're even possible, possibly able to do right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. Now if things are tough for you right now, we wanna do the opposite. We wanna give to you. We wanna help you out. We wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help and like won't ask us, let us know so we can reach out to them. All you have to do is go to our website at kuo.church and click on the contact us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.cervera at kuo.church or you can also text 
uh, the church or call directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you're willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church, A-K-O-U-O.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to tithe option for that. All you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your tithe through the check. Now for that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to AKUO at PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Now one last thing. I just wanna remind you guys about our weekly Wednesday night Zoom group at 7.30. This is a great way for us to get together and hear how God is bearing fruit in us and how we can share it with one another. For all the links to the Zoom group, all you have to do is go to any of our social media pages or our website. Okay guys, that's all that we have for you today. Every single week I tell you guys this because it's true and I mean it. I love all of you and I'm praying for you all week long. So before we go, let me pray over you one last time. So Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV, and puts away their phone, I ask that you would be speaking to them. Jesus, I ask that you would help them plant their roots along your riverbanks. I pray that you would fill them completely with your peace. I pray that they will overflow with the spiritual fruits that you give them. Thank you for everything, Jesus. We love you. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. We'll see you on Wednesday at Zoom Group. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.